Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to The Savage Nation. As the world teeters on economic collapse owing to the COVID-19 virus pandemic and the stay-at-home orders, people are grasping at straws. Some believe that an old anti-malaria drug is the magic bullet that everyone has been waiting for. Others are saying not so fast. Many are just spouting newspaper articles with no evidence of its efficacy whatsoever. Whether hydroxychloroquine works in humans has not been proven for any virus. Not been proven for any virus. And in fact, in any randomized controlled trials against a number of viruses, a number of viruses, including the flu, hydroxychloroquine does not work at all, according to experts, virologists, infectious disease experts. Moreover, studies and medical doctors report chloroquine is no better than other therapies. Nigeria reported a possible poisoning from chloroquine. Hawaii Health Department warned of possible dangers of antimalarial drugs. I have never seen such belligerence and stupidity in all of my years in the media. Unthinking trolls and robots will not even open the scientific or medical articles that I attach to study these concerns. Instead, they are quoting Fox News and Rudy Giuliani. Excuse me, Dr. Rudy Giuliani. And excuse me, Dr. Sean Hannity, who never went to college. The fact is, according to one of the world's experts who will be on this program shortly, chloroquine, phosphate, and other quinones can be quite dangerous. You will hear from the expert himself very shortly. All I can say is this. The world is in turmoil. Earth is in upheaval. Let's not make it a complete cataclysm by jumping off the cliff with the wrong solution. Now, having said that, I have to add a caveat. There is an explanation as to why some doctors in some parts of the world are saying that hydroxychloroquine may be helping. And that is... We know it is not antiviral. That's a fact. It does not kill viruses. But this drug may help because it is anti-inflammatory. It reduces inflammation. The z then helps in those cases by suppressing these secondary bacterial infections, including pneumonia. Neither hydroxychloroquine nor the z has any antiviral properties that are known. Now, what is COVID-19? Do you know what it is even? It's in the same family as other human coronaviruses that have caused global outbreaks, such as severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, and Middle East respiratory syndrome, MERS. Coronaviruses cause respiratory tract illnesses, which can lead to pneumonia and in severe cases, death. What are the known transmission routes? Why are we all sitting at home? Well, maybe we should, should all not be sitting at home. Known transmission routes for coronaviruses include sustained human-to-human transmission via respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. As with all novel and emerging infectious agents, it is possible that the continued spread of the coronavirus will continue to spread in a larger pandemic. The complete clinical picture with regard to COVID-19 is not fully understood right now. Reported illnesses have ranged from mild symptoms to severe illness and, of course, death. 
The current understanding about how the virus that causes COVID-19 spreads is that it is mainly from person to person, between people who are in close contact with one another within about six feet, and through respiratory droplets when an infected person coughs or sneezes. People could contract COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly eyes. But this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. I'm Michael Savage. The phone number is 855-400-7282. Main topic today is hydroxychloroquine safe and effective against COVID-19. And I will then have an expert on talking about chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, and other quinolins, which can be dangerous. We're also going to look at a German exception, why Germany has such a low death rate. What are they doing that is different? We'll also talk about Zoom. Zoom, everyone's using Zoom now during the lockdown. Well, Zoom is spying on you. It's owned by a China-based company. Nancy Pelosi's daughter is the marketing director. We'll talk about that. If we want to have a light moment, we'll have a light moment, which is what TV shows are you watching during your solitary confinement and what would you recommend? But let's begin right now with Dr. Rudy Giuliani, who was last known as a six sheets to the wind drunk, who was on every channel known to mankind during the impeachment scandal. He was so bad, people told him to shut up and go away already. Well, here he is trying to be relevant again, telling us to promote hydroxychloroquine. Let's listen to clip five. I think we should let doctors decide whether we should use hydrochloroquine, not the national bureaucracy. This, this disease can kill you. And if hydrochloroquine has uh, side effects, none of which are death, by the way, then those side effects I may want to endure because of the risk of death. And it may be different if I'm 25 or if I'm 75. Those choices should be given to doctors not to the bureaucrats in Washington yeah. right, stop who want already. to go through... Th- right, a classic case. The bureaucrats in Washington are stupid. Scientists don't know anything. So we're supposed to believe only a lawyer from New York knows everything. A guy who eats uh, pasta fazool and rows now knows more about hydroxychloroquine than the doctors such as Dr. Fauci, who is saying, wait a minute, not so fast. Okay, 855-407-282. If you want to chime in on this, go ahead. Uh, if you believe Dr. Giuliani and Dr. Hannity are now experts in medicine and pharmacology and should be given Nobel Prizes in medicine, uh, then I recommend that you send a letter to Geneva to, uh, to, uh, to wherever the Nobel Prize is given out. I believe the last time I checked it was in Sweden. Send it to the Swedish uh, uh, prime minister. Tell him that Giul- Giuliani should get a, a, um, a Nobel Prize. Now, the fact of the matter is we have never seen any uh, tests of hydroxychloroquine. It's not proven for any viruses. And the bad news is, in randomized controlled trials against a number of viruses, including influenza, it does not work at all, according to Dr. Douglas Richmond, a virologist and infectious disease physician at the University of California, San Diego. He then concludes, says, it's my personal prejudice, prejudice that this is always going to be the, always also going to be the case with the coronavirus. He said hydroxychloroquine has been studied as a possible antiviral for approximately the past 40 years. 40 years, is shown activity in vitro against many viruses. What does in vitro means? In a test tube, including influenza and coronaviruses. But that has largely failed to translate into success in either animals or humans. Does anyone understand what I just said to you? Do I have to beat myself over the head over and over and over again to say to you, the principle of science is in vitro versus in vivo. Test tube experiments do not necessarily equate to human results, okay? 
In 2005, this drug showed in vitro activity against SARS-CoV in 2005, which is closely related to the current pandemic virus. But it failed to decrease. And by the way, that was in vitro activity in a test tube. But it failed to, to decrease viral load in mice, failed to decrease viral load in mice. And clinical interest drifted away, according to Christopher Tignanelli, a surgeon at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, who was involved in clinical trials of COVID-19 treatments. So you can grasp at straws if you wish. If you get sick, you can listen to your doctor and take it, and I hope you get better. But do so with an open mind, recognizing that there may be long-standing side effects. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to have a leading expert on the dangers of the quinones, and that would be Dr. Nevin. Dr. Nevin is highly trained. He has a medical degree, MDH. He has a medical degree. He has an MPH and a doctor of pharmacy. He is a consultant physician and epidemiologist. He is board certified in public health and general preventive medicine. He is a major, former U.S. Army major, preventive medicine officer. He is currently the executive director of the Quinism Foundation, which is an organization set up to warn people about the dangers of these drugs and their related uh, cohorts. You may not know this, but Dr. Nevin's work has been instrumental in improving policymakers' understanding of the potential for long-lasting and permanent neurologic and psychiatric effects from quinoline antimalarials, as exemplified by the recent FDA black box warning for mefloquine and the U.S. Army Special Forces ban on its use among elite combat troops. Dr. Nevin has testified before the U.S. Senate, the Australian Senate, the U.K. Parliament, the Canadian Parliament. He's given evidence to the Irish Department of Defense on the drug's lasting neurologic and psychiatric adverse effects. My friends, please listen to me. Don't rush because you heard it on Fox News and because you like Giuliani and you like Hannity. They are complete dummies when it comes to medicine and science. Listen to scientists. Listen to scientists. Look at the evidence. Again, let me go back to the caveat that I put into my opening, which I'm sure you didn't hear at all because you don't want to hear what you already don't know. All you want to do is repeat what you already know. I'm going to give you a caveat again. We know it's not antiviral. Then why is it helping in some cases? Why? Because it has anti-inflammatory effects. So it helps people feel better. It reduces inflammation. The Z-Pack, which is then used with it, may help in those cases by suppressing the secondary bacterial infections. But neither hydroxychloroquine nor the Z-Pack antibacterial has any known antiviral properties. That's all I have to say on this issue. 855-407-282. Now let's talk about the disease itself on a bigger level. I spoke to an actuarial over the weekend who worked for seven years in the insurance industry, who has studied data up and down, up and down, up and down. And he said something very unusual is happening. The number of flu deaths being reported by the uh, CDC suddenly dropped when this disease suddenly appeared. And the number of deaths from this disease suddenly went up while the number of deaths from the flu went down. What is that telling us? It could be that some cases, I didn't say all. Remember, there's a middle ground here. It's not either or. 
It's not either you believe it's all a scam or it's all horrible. There is a middle ground. There's the Zen of this, the Tao of this, the middle ground. It's called a reasonable center. Okay? The fact of the matter is, I believe the CDC could be misdiagnosing many of the deaths from flu and determining in their own mind statistically that it's from COVID-19. And so you see a spike in the number of deaths from COVID-19 and you see a decrease in deaths from influenza, a dramatic drop in in influenza, according to CDC data on morbidity and mortality. What is it telling you? There could be a misdiagnosis at the end of life. So therefore, this national lockdown needs to be rethought very quickly. And we have to analyze what the actual deaths are from. I don't think it's happening in such a way that we can do that. But I would think that any deaths in a nursing home, for example, should be looked at immediately to see if it's from uh, the COVID-19 virus or H1N1 or another flu-related uh, virus. It may help us understand that some of this is based upon panic. And so, therefore, we must seek the middle ground, the center, the norm, rather than the extremes. I'm Michael Savage. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, it's no surprise that what's going on in the world might be contributing to more stress and sleep deprivation. Let Ebb help. Ebb's sleep is a wearable solution that fits over the forehead and gently and precisely cools the forehead to reduce those racing thoughts to allow people who are suffering from sleeplessness drift more comfortably into a deeper, more restorative sleep. Ebb is clinically validated and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. Ebb's sleep understands the uncertainty you may be experiencing at this time and wants to help. My listeners can save $25 off their order by using promo code SAVAGE to save and then continue to try Ebb risk-free, risk-free, risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution you've been looking for at tryeb.com slash savage. I got to spell it for you because I want you to try it. T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb dot com slash savage. Why don't you let us help you get the sleep you need and remove the risk from your purchase? You win all around. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B dot com slash savage. Tryeb dot com slash savage. Promo code savage to save. Would you please order today and get that night's sleep you've been looking for? With everything going on, get the sleep you need and you deserve. Tryeb.com slash savage. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Again, as the world teeters on economic collapse owing to the COVID-19 virus pandemic, people are grasping at straws. And many of you have been watching Fox News for too long, and you believe everything that they say to you and take it as though it is gospel. And now that the four sheets to the wind, uh, former attorney for uh, Mr. Trump, Giuliani has come out with it, spouting stuff he knows nothing about, you're all sure this is the magic bullet. I say not so fast. 
I'll have another expert on at the bottom of the hour. And I hope that you learn to listen before tweeting or talking. Listen before tweeting or talking. Listen before tweeting or talking. Maybe you can learn something. I have never seen such idiocy in my entire life. People will not even read linked articles from magazines in the medical industry, such as Lancet. They will not read it. They have been so beaten up and brainwashed by people on the right, mainly, who say all science is fake. All universities are useless. All educated people are stupid. I feel as though I'm living in animal farm in a barnyard. And what's shocking to me is that people on our side are acting more stupid than the people on the left right now. I have never seen such stupidity in my 40 years in the media. Never. I've never seen anything like it. You won't even listen to the reports which say slow down, not so fast. J.D. in Oakland has taken an anti-malaria drug. Let's hear what Mr. J.D. has to say. J.D., which drug did you take? I took uh, mefloquine larium. And what were you taking it for? Dr. Savage, I was uh, building houses in, uh, Amazon, in the Amazon jungle uh, 17, about in the early 2000s, 03, 02. And uh, I inexplicably started having a psychotic breakdown. I had depression, confusion, I had paranoia. Are you saying, you're saying your side effects were related to the anti-malaria drug? I had strange dreams. I didn't know what was going on. And well, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly what my guest, Dr. Remington Nevin, is reporting. I, and I and that, is, that is the dangers of, of these drugs, the neurologic and psychiatric effects from quinoline anti-malarials. And in fact, the U.S. Army Special Forces bans its use among elite combat troops precisely because of what you're experiencing. I have a question, too. Um, I wanted to tell you, though, that I met a, a person in the jungle that I'd never met before, and she was having the same problems as I had, and we started talking. We compared notes. We had both been taking larium. And I got home, and I looked it up, and um, I... I my question to you, uh, Dr. Savage, is that was uh, in 2002, and I've been dealing with severe depression ever since. And I don't know, have you ever heard whether quinoline family, whether these, uh, these things are, does it cycle out of the body or does it have a permanent uh, effect? Well, I tell you this, I don't have an answer on depression in terms of how long it lasts. But I will quote Dr. Nevin, who will be with us in about 10 minutes. In susceptible individuals, these drugs act as idiosyncratic neurotoxicants, potentially causing irreversible brain and brainstem dysfunction, even when used at relatively low doses, said Dr. Nevin. The drug-induced dysfunction causes a disease of the brain and brainstem called quinoline encephalopathy, or quinism, which can be marked acutely by psychosis, confusion, risk of suicide, and by lasting psychiatric and neurological symptoms. Does that fit the bill? Yes, sir. Symptoms of chronic quinoline encephalopathy include tinnitus, dizziness, vertigo, visual disturbances, nightmares, insomnia, etc. Does that meet, meet the bill? Uh, half of those. I have severe... Well, well, I'm trying to say something not so fast. Let's not all jump aboard the hydroxyquinoline train before we do more harm than good. When I come back an expert on this subject, I hope people listen. Thank you for calling. 
Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Again, as the world teeters on economic collapse owing to the COVID-19 virus pandemic, people are grasping at straws. Many of you believe that an old anti-malaria drug and a class of drugs related to it is the magic bullet. I say not so fast. And joining us right now is an expert who spent a good portion of his life studying chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, mefloquine, quinine, and related quinoline drugs. And he says not so fast. His name is Dr. Remington Nevin. Dr. Nevin, thank you so much for being with us on the Savage Nation today. Hi, Dr. Savage. Great to be with you. Now... I have been trying to put out some cautions about this drug for weeks, and I've been roundly attacked in a way I've never seen in all my years in the media. Why is there such a religious fervor in the media in particular to grasp at this drug? Right. It, it really is a remarkable state of affairs, isn't it, Dr. Savage? Hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, to a lesser extent, have almost become a political litmus test, if you will. Mm, Belief in the curative powers of these uh, drugs uh, is almost a test of one's uh, loyalty. Right, and if I say watch out, not so fast, they're calling me every name under the sun. People who formerly loved my show are calling me a globalist. I've never seen such brainwashed people in my life. Well, I I understand the, the position of those who are uh, wanting so much for this drug to be the solution to our problems. This this pandemic is causing potentially irreparable damage to our economy. And the sooner we can find something to uh, let our people go back to work and to restart the economy, the better. Every, every day uh, is... is uh, but, but, Doctor, you formed the Quinism Foundation. You're actually focused hard on, on chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. You're not a Johnny-come-lately to this field. And and you're an MD, MPH, DPH. I mean, you've got every training known to mankind. You're a Johns Hopkins trained psychiatric epidemiologist. You're a drug safety expert. You're a former U.S. Army public health physician, retired as a major. Why did you create the Quinism Foundation? That's that's right. And and I should emphasize, I've been working in this field for 13 years now, and, and myself and some uh, retired and separated military officers that founded this group to follow up uh, on some of the work and research that I had started during my military career. There was a time when the U.S. military widely used a related drug called mefloquine or larium, and it was widely thought to be the solution to many of our problems with uh, malaria, another life-threatening uh, illness. And, and for years, uh, the U.S. military insisted that this drug, mefloquine or larium, uh, had very few problems, that it was essentially as safe as uh, Tylenol, uh, and that if we didn't use it, we would be sentencing our troops to certain death uh, on the battlefield. And it was, it was uh, in large part, I think, my work and the work of a, a small handful of others that led the U.S. military to change course to recognize the dangers of this drug. Uh, and, and now the drug is, is almost never used. It's, it's essentially our drug of last resort. And the Food and Drug Administration... Uh, has placed a box warning on the drug in recognition of its uh, potentially permanent. Uh, uh, you're reporting that the FDA put out a black box warning for mefloquine and the U.S. Army Special Forces bans its use among elite combat troops, no doubt because of the neurologic and psychiatric adverse effects, correct? Yes, that's, that's correct. Uh, these effects were once thought to be very rare, but now they're recognized as being 
in fact, very common. Insomnia, nightmares, for example, affect well over 10% of folks uh, given mefloquine. Now, there are some slight differences between mefloquine and chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. They're all quinoline drugs, but they do share a common toxicity. But the, the point... Can I, can I interject for a minute? Because I studied natural products chemistry. I worked in a laboratory in my early years in graduate school with the former chairman of a major pharmaceutical firm. And I learned some about something about conchona at the time because I was collecting medicinal plants all over the South Pacific. How are these are synthetic analogs of conchona, are they? That's right. So all the quinoline uh, drugs uh, are synthetic variants of quinine, a naturally derived uh, product from the bark of the tree you mentioned, it was, uh, first discovered in South America several hundred years ago. And the history of these synthetic variants can actually teach us a lot about the, the situation we find ourselves in. Um, it was during the month leading up to World War II that we as a nation found ourselves in a very similar predicament to where we find ourselves today. The possibility of war in the Pacific was very real, and we recognized that we didn't have access to supplies of quinine, the only mm -hmm. naturally occurring antimalarial drug. And so we made a very difficult decision as a nation to authorize use of a risky drug called quinacrine or adabrin, knowing full well that it had some very unpleasant adverse effects. But we had no choice as a nation, we felt, because if we didn't use this drug quinacrine or adabrin, tens of thousands or more of our troops would have died from malaria uh, in the war in the South Pacific. So how does that relate now to the use of hydroxychloroquine to treat uh, COVID-19? I know from the studies I have read, uh, there's no known antiviral activity of hydroxychloroquine. Do you concur with that? So this is what makes the president's decision so difficult. And, and this is why I can appreciate why so many people want hydroxychloroquine to work and, and want its use to be uh, more widely adopted, because we have been here as a nation before. We've been in the situation where we've been left with, with few good alternatives. We, we either uh, make a choice to use a drug of this class, the quinoline drug class, uh, with potentially very serious uh, adverse effects that may hopefully protect us from a, a, a lethal disease, or we choose not to use it uh, and suffer the, the consequences. But what we learned from our use of this class of drug in World War II is that it can have lasting consequences. If we do choose to use uh, any of the quinoline drugs against COVID-19, we must be prepared for mm. the neurologic and psychiatric consequences in okay so you're you're doing you're saying what i've been saying let's look at the long-term effects and people don't want to hear that dr nevin they want the magic bullet they want to believe it works they don't care about the long-term effects and uh, then they say well aspirin can kill you too uh, acetaminophen can kill you also all drugs have side effects why should we worry that's what i'm hearing so there's very two different scenarios for the use of this class of drug, hydroxychloroquine, uh, as a point. So it's hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine have both received an emergency use authorization by the FDA uh, for use in hospitalized patients. So the drug is currently licensed by FDA for emergency use as what's known as a pandemic countermeasure under the PrEP Act. And mm -hmm. use of these two drugs... Uh, when the supplies are drawn from the strategic national stockpile, 
under federal law and the declarations that have been made, mm. uh, provides for strong legal immunity against doctors and others who use uh, these drugs in hospitalized patients in sort of a last-ditch effort. Hold I, I need to interject. You're, I want to emphasize what the doctor just said. <clears throat> in hospitalized patients in last-ditch efforts. But so many millions of people, because they're listening to the wrong people who have no background in pharmacology or medicine or science or epidemiology, are starting to ask their doctors to give them these drugs to take on a prophylactic basis. You and I both know that's a disaster, correct? So there's two very different scenarios for use of this drug. The first is what's already been authorized, the use of this drug in seriously ill, hospitalized patients, which now does have formal FDA authorization. And then the use that you're describing, the prophylactic use of this class of drug, or alternatively, the use of this drug for treatment of mild illness in in outpatient settings or folks that might get sick at home. Okay. The use of these drugs has not been authorized by FDA for that purpose. And physicians that prescribe the drug for that purpose do still face a risk of legal liability should the uh, patient oh, suffer any oh, 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 you mean if, if they use it without serious of, uh, illness? So I'm sorry, they, if, if people uh, start to get this drug and use it without having the serious late stages of the illness, uh, they, they could have some legal re- uh, recourse against the doctor who yeah. gave it to them. So the, the emergency use authorization that uh, the administration signed off on does not extend legal protections for use of this class of drug outside the hospitalized setting. So well, I hope that the class action lawyers aren't listening to this show because I can hear their lips salivating and the blood coming out of their nostrils. Uh, they're going to sue like crazy. I want to go back for a moment. Explain to the audience, if you will, it's very important they know, Dr. Nevin, why you created the Quinism Foundation. Obviously, you feel so strongly about this class of drugs that you created a whole foundation warning people what why so this this particular problem the adverse effects of quinoline drugs has gone unrecognized for decades there's every reason to think that our veterans coming home from world war ii who had used adabrin or quinacrine in large quantities suffered the adverse effects of this drug things like insomnia nightmares anxiety uh, and neurological symptoms. Wait, wait, so it could be that a lot of the cases reported as PTSD could have been these side effects from anti-malaria drugs? Well, almost certainly, Dr. Savage, and keep in mind that there was Jeez. no diagnosis of PTSD until 1980. Oh. Or more of veterans had taken oh. this class of drugs, the quinoline drugs, and returned home with symptoms that nobody understood. Nobody could understand why they were suffering from nightmares and insomnia and anxiety. And of course, in many cases, this was due to nothing more than the effects of traumas they suffered. But there were, cool. there were others, I think, that were suffering from the chronic effects of this class of drug. We saw that, I think, uh, in Korea with use of uh, primaquine and chloroquine and also in Vietnam. And it was actually a group of Vietnam veterans, as I'm sure many of your listeners will know, who were so concerned about the psychiatric and neurologic symptoms that they suffered. Uh, in the Vietnam War that, that led them to uh, describe this disorder called Vietnam Syndrome. Mm. And eventually the psychiatric community listened and essentially invented or discovered, depending on your perspective, the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. But what veterans had been complaining about during the Vietnam War with Vietnam Syndrome was a much more neurologic disorder 
than our present conception of post-traumatic stress disorder is. And I think there's quite a bit of opportunity for confounding. I suspect that our use of chloroquine and primaquine in large quantities during the Vietnam War and Korean War and our use of adabrin or quinacrine during World War II, again, all chemically related drugs to hydroxychloroquine, was associated with a not insignificant amount of psychiatric and neurological... Dr. Nevin, I want to interject again, because you said something that's so critical to this discussion, all chemically related to hydroxychloroquine. Now, if we look at the molecular um, structure of hydroquinoline, hydro, I'm sorry, hydroquinone, hydroquinone, which is an antibacterial, anti-tumor, anti-mitotic, hypertensive, anti-hypertensive, is hydroquinone used in any way for any of these illnesses, any of these sicknesses, illnesses, whatever? So all of the drugs that we're referring to, uh, quinacrine, chloroquine, primaquine, mefloquine, hydroxychloroquine, they're all quinoline drugs. Essentially, you take a benzene molecule and substitute a, a nitrogen for one specific carbon, and you have the quinoline core, and it's this core uh, with the various side chains. That- wait, wait, I, you, you said uh, the core is C6H6O2. Is that what you're saying? So it's, it's quinoline. It's, it's a substituted benzene. And it's a substituted benzene, but the ring, the benzene ring is what? CH what? C what? H what? O what? I'm just curious on a benzene ring. Well, you have to imagine two hexagons formed uh, with the corners formed by carbon atoms. And the, 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 the electron clouds of, of this um, uh, molecule uh, provide it with some very intriguing chemical properties. But with- Dr. Nevin, could you stay with us for another few minutes after the break? Oh, absolutely. My This is the most important show I've done on this entire pandemic. And I think we have to go back to the mother of all molecules, which is quinine, C20H24N2O2. And the reason I'm throwing out the chemical formula is because I'm getting a lot of intelligent people out there who are not convinced that this drug is dangerous. I'll be right back with Dr. Nevin. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. The doctor will be back with us at the top of the next hour. If you missed even one word of what he said, Dr. Remington Nevin, MD, MPH, DPH, will be back with us to discuss the dangers from the use of the antimalarial quinolins against COVID-19. And again, I have to repeat, listening to him, I felt as though I was back in graduate seminars with extremely knowledgeable professors. He is a former military man, retired as a major. And this drug, this class of drugs, is not permitted to be used with active U.S. special forces. Do I have to tell you that, yes, there are side effects, I know, to all drugs? But don't rush to judgment and say, just because Rudy Giuliani told you you should use it, you should. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome back to The Savage Nation. Again, as the world teeters on economic collapse owing to the COVID-19 virus pandemic, many uneducated people are grasping at straws. Some say that an old anti-malaria drug is the magic bullet that everyone has been waiting for. Others are saying not so fast. Many are just spouting newspaper articles with no evidence whatsoever. Now, whether hydroxychloroquine works in humans has not yet been proven for any virus. And in fact, in any randomized controlled trials against a number of viruses, including the flu, hydroxychloroquine does not work at all, according to many experts who have studied it. I have with us a real expert on the subject, someone who knows more than anyone I know, which is why I was so happy to reach him today and get Dr. Nevin on the program. He has a medical degree, MD, MPH, Doctor of Public Health, all important degrees. I'm a real believer in higher degrees. I know many of you aren't. I know many of you have been brainwashed by Sean Hannity into believing anyone with a higher degree is to be suspect because you're real revolutionaries, real conservative revolutionaries who hate and distrust anyone with an education. Well, Dr. Nevin is a board-certified doctor in occupational medicine and public health, former U.S. Army major and preventive medicine officer. But more than that, he is an expert on this subject. He's such an expert on the subject and he is so worried about the dangers from the use of the antimalarial quinolins against COVID-19 uh, that he has published articles on it. He uh, is the uh, executive director in White River, in right, White River Junction, Vermont, of the Quinism Foundation, who is warning of a risk of sudden and lasting neuropsychiatric effects from the use of antimalarial quinolins against COVID-19. And uh, I have him back with us now on the show from Vermont. Dr. Nevin, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the Savage Nation. Back? Yes. Uh, Dr. Nevin, are you with us? Yes. Uh, great to be great, back. Great, great. So, Dr. Nevin, you know an awful lot about this class of drugs, the uh, quinolins. I'm getting <clears throat> uneducated people who are saying that because the president has said use it, it must be safe and effective. Now, there is no greater supporter of, doc of, of President Trump than I am but I think that we're rushing too quickly into a broad-scale recommendation for using uh, this class of drugs, and I believe you, you share that, that concern, don't you? I do, uh, Dr. Savage. I, I think, you know, in fact, I think the president has probably been uh, rather restrained in taking the action that he's taken so far, because all the president has done thus far is uh, essentially order uh, his staff and the agencies to authorized use of these drugs for use in hospitalized patients. But the president has the authority, and with the stroke of a pen, or even just picking up the phone, he could do much more. The president has the authority under the PREP Act uh, and as commander-in-chief to essentially order the approval of uh, either of these drugs, chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, for mass prophylaxis, and the same way that we all got our postcard uh, from the president and the CDC telling us uh, how to slow the spread, we, we could, in theory, all receive a package uh, of these pills uh, delivered uh, by the Postal Service or Amazon or UPS or FedEx. Well, would you recommend that it be taken prophylactically? I don't believe so. So at the moment, Dr. Savage, the evidence just isn't there to support that. But I suspect that the president is going to have a very low threshold to make a decision 
like this. Uh, and it's, it's not unprecedented. So, for example, India, uh, the, the, the country of India has recommended uh, large-scale use of hydroxychloroquine for prophylaxis. Now, they walked back mm. the recommendation a little bit after they published their first guidance because they were, they were concerned that this recommendation would lead to people ignoring social distancing uh, and so on. But it's not, it's not unprecedented. And I, Wait, you mean it's not unprecedented to recommend a drug be used prophylactically that may have dangerous side effects? Exactly. And, and so in other words, the short-term benefits may outweigh the long-term side effects in, in plain English, yes? Well, we don't know. And we don't know. This is That's what I'm worried about. It's why I invited you on, on the program. Now, I should say that if people have any underlying conditions with their heart, they should not use this drug. Is that correct? So hydroxychloroquine and, and, and chloroquine, they, they do have potentially deadly uh, effects on, on heart uh, rhythm. Uh, and, and these effects are, of, I think, greater concern at the high doses that we would see physicians use for treatment, for prophylaxis and treatment of mild illness, as I think maybe most of your listeners are, are envisioning uh, these drugs being used. That's less of a concern. Uh, okay. Is concern. All right. Well, that's good to know. That's why I said I'm seeking the middle ground here. So why is there suddenly a backtracking uh, from the FDA on Z-Packs? What, what's the problem with, with that class of uh, antibacterials? So I don't specialize in that uh, class of drugs. Azithromycin is, is, is often thought of as, as being a very safe but it's a prescription drug, uh, and there are potentially dangerous adverse effects with uh, that. I, I don't anticipate that we're going to see azithromycin uh, added to the strategic national stockpile or authorized as a pandemic uh, countermeasure. I, I suspect that if, if further action is taken, it will be limited to the, the quinolines, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. Okay, so the bottom line is you're not totally opposed to using hydroxychloroquine, are you? So the, the evidence just isn't there for us to make an informed decision for any extension of current use. The, the FDA has authorized use of chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine without regard to dose, mind you. So we don't even know what dose to use. But they have authorized use of these drugs from the stockpile for hospitalized patients. And there's theoretical justification for the use of these drugs. There is test tube evidence that they had antiviral activity. And as many of your listeners will, will, I'm sure, tell you, there seems to be growing anecdotal evidence of the drug's effectiveness. But we do not have the type of quality evidence that we normally make decisions of this kind. All right. So the president says, I don't want it to be in a lab for the next year and a half. I want to use it now. Let's play clip number four for all of us to listen to. This is President Trump when challenged on the issue of hydroxychloroquine. Let's listen. Why are you promoting this drug? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just you saying very simply, I'm not at all. I'm not. Look, you know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying well, you, to save lives. You come lives. out here every day, right, sir, talking about the benefits I, of I want them to try it, and it may work and it may not work. But if it doesn't work, it's nothing lost by doing it. Nothing. Because doing? we know long term what I want. I want to save lives. And I don't want it to be in a lab for the next year and a half. So... <laughs> Dr. Uh, Nevin, what do you think of that statement? So I think the president is probably somewhat misinformed by his advisors on the risks of this class of drugs. All right, that's fair. Well, that's fair enough. 
Yeah. I don't think anyone's there to tell them about the risks. And what are the risks of using this class? That, that's right. So un- unfortunately, these, these drugs are not completely safe, as the, the president is suggesting. When, when the president says, what do you have to lose, or there's no downside, I, I think that reflects that he may not have been advised of the known adverse effects of this class of drug, which, which even the FDA, in their emergency authorization, have described. So, so with the approval of this class of, 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 this class of drug for uh, use in hospitalized patients, uh, this comes with a fact sheet that very clearly lists some of the neuropsychiatric adverse effects uh, that can be seen with use of uh, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. With use of this class of drug, you can expect uh, some people to experience uh, insomnia, anxiety, depression, paranoia, uh, psychotic thoughts, suicidal ideation, and lasting neurological symptoms such as ringing in the ears, disequilibrium, or vertigo. These are is that why the U.S. Army Special Forces bans this drug for use uh, on frontline troops? So that's mefloquine, the related drug mefloquine. Right. I know it's in the same. I know it's related, but it's a similar uh, structure. So are right. the side effects the same with mefloquine? Right. So it's mefloquine is a quinoline drug. It, it is chemically closely related, more closely related, I think, than people realize, uh, to chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. All the quinolines share the, the, the common quinoline core, which we suspect provides the underlying toxicity of this. So wait, for one minute, mefloquine has what attached to the ring? that the other drugs do not. What is it? What did they attach to the ring to make mefloquine? Oh, so the, 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 the side chains are what describe the subclass of drug. You have uh, four methanol quinolines, four amino quinolines, such as chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. You have eight amino quinolines, such as uh, primaquine. And it, it's often thought that these drugs are very distinct in terms of their adverse effects, but that's not true. All of these drugs share a common tendency to cause idiosyncratic neurotoxicity interesting and, and and those are the symptoms we're talking about uh that you have mentioned and you talk about quinoline encephalopathy what is quinoline encephalopathy exactly so so this class of drug works against the malaria parasite because it has this remarkable property of being able to enter across membranes and accumulate at many hundreds and sometimes even thousands of times the concentration in serum within specialized compartments in the cell and in the malaria parasite. It's this remarkable property of the chemical that makes them effective as antiparasitic agents. That wait, wait, so, so I, I understand that the quinolins cross the, uh, they can open the cell gate, in other words, and get it through the cell membrane, right? They don't even open a door. They just march right through. <laughs> they march right through. All right, so when they get in there, they, I, I understand the quinolins change the pH of the cell. Is that true? Right. And, and it's that substitution, the, the addition of the nitrogen to the benzene core that turns these drugs into weak bases. And in the acidic compartments of a cell, the loose protons will attach to this class of drug and then turn off the ability to exit. And this is what results in the drugs accumulating at many hundreds or thousands of times their concentration outside. It's likely what makes them effective as antimalarials and antiparasitics. It may be what underlies their antiviral properties observed in the lab. 
but it's also very likely what underlies their tendency towards permanent and irreversible neurotoxicity. The ah, of neurons. Ah, because because once they're there, once they enter the cell, they're there. Uh, there's no exit. There's no. I want to ask you something else, Doctor Nevin. You're an expert in this field, and I'm re, I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm trying to learn something here. I have been studying the use of uh, of, uh, um, of of natural products other than these to have similar effects. So uh, I've been talking about taking quercetin dense uh, natural products. I'll give an example, green tea. Quercetin is known to open the cell gates, open the, the, cell, uh, the cell gates, the, the open the gates wide, and then taking foods rich in zinc. And when zinc enters, zinc does some pretty strong, has some strong effects upon viruses. I know that for a fact. What about using uh, these natural products uh, in, in, in not in substitution for, but as a general recommendation? So, uh, Dr. Savage, that's outside my area of expertise. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the effects of a president. I am familiar, as I'm sure all your listeners are, uh, with the reports of zinc providing potentially some added antiviral activity with use of this class of drug. I'm, I'm not certain whether that will uh, bear out uh, with study. Uh, but, of course, zinc is available in, in many... Uh, right. Well, the zinc doesn't really work unless it can get into the cells. And the quercetin is used to open the cell gates or the membrane to let the zinc in. But that's a whole separate story. Uh, I'm not claiming to be an expert in the field, but I have studied it for a number of years. And I'm always interested in, in foods first and all of that stuff. But you are such an expert on chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, mefloquine, quinine, and related quinoline drugs and their risks and sudden and lasting neuropsychiatric effects that you created a whole foundation called the Quinism Foundation. When I come back with Dr. Nevin, Dr. Nevin, could you tell us what the foundation does and what you're trying to enact across the land with regard to quinoline antimalarial drugs against COVID-19? The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. I'm not acting as a doctor. I'm saying do what you want, but there are some good signs. You've read the signs. I've read the signs. With the other one, there's some very good signs also. Different going together works very well. But there may be an indication that if you have a problem with your heart, you shouldn't take what we call the z pack You shouldn't take it. And that's okay. But I would love to go to a laboratory and spend a couple of years testing something. We don't have time. We don't have two hours because there are people dying right now. If it does help, great. If it doesn't help, we gave it a shot. Well, we gave it a shot, and that's been done before, and Dr. Nevin says, yes, that's true. You've said it was done in World War II with drugs, which may have had lasting side effects. Uh, would you say that uh, the uh, use of hydroxychloroquine should be used as a, in this case or not? So I, I think it was not unreasonable that the president did what he did in making these drugs available under an emergency use authorization for use in hospitalized patients. What, what the effect of that uh, was, was to open up uh, the availability of large quantities of otherwise unapproved drugs. For example, the Bayer version of Resichin or chloroquine that was available in Europe but wasn't licensed here. That drug is now I understand, available for distribution to hospitals. But, Dr. Nevin, what, are, what about people who were saying what's wrong with using it for only the five-day course and not for long-term use? Right. 
So that's a very different situation, isn't it? So instead of using the drug in seriously ill, hospitalized patients who are close to death and who really do have nothing to lose in many cases, now you're describing the prospect of using this drug in healthy people, the majority of whom are at very low risk of COVID-19, but who will almost certainly be at some risk from their use of the drug. So a very different set of considerations. But are doctors now prescribing this prophylactically? Is that what you're hearing? I am hearing it. So the problem with that is that there simply isn't enough of those drugs available within the supply chain for uh, everyone to have. Yeah, but I know doctors who loaded up on it before the supplies were locked down and ran out, and they're using it, they're giving it to their friends and family, and now everybody and his mother's uncle wants to use chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine. Uh, and what what is the bottom line here? You're saying prophylactically be careful, basically? Right. Unfortunately, there isn't enough evidence for us now to make the kind of risk-benefit calculation that would govern the the widespread use of this drug. Now, of course, any individual can go to their physician and have a conversation with them. The drug... All right, let's... let's I have to hit a a pause here, but Dr. Nevin, stay with us one more minute, please. Just another minute on The Savage Nation. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back to The Savage Nation. Uh, As the world teeters on economic collapse owing to the COVID-19 virus pandemic, and the close down of our businesses across the land, we now have to come and ask ourselves, how much can we take? How much can the people take? Some people would rather get sick, get better, go back to work, than wind up in the street on a bread line. In fact, most people would rather stay at work uh, than uh, wind up broken in the gutter, dependent upon uh, the government. Now, I want to repeat again, In big city centers where there are large clusters of disease, I believe that this lockdown makes great sense. It makes no sense whatsoever as an across-the-board prescription for the entire nation. In fact, seven states do not have these lockdowns because they're very low uh, incidence of this disease. They are making the right decision. But that same thinking could be applied to California and New York, where the governors, instead of using a one-size-fits-all approach, goes and look at their states. They go and look at their states county by county. So if they see an up in upstate New York, there's a county with no cases. They don't say, well, therefore, you have to lock yourself away in your farmhouse. You have to stop uh, raising your crops and bringing them to market. Do you understand how stupid this is? And I'll show you what's even more stupid because of political correctness. 430,000 People flew in from China, directly from China, since January. Let me say that again. To show you how stupid politicians are, 430,000 Chinese flew directly from China since January. 40,000 Chinese flew directly from China since the shutoff. 40,000 came in before the shutoff on February 2nd. And if you go back as far as when the virus is now known to have surfaced, not when our government officially became aware of it. That number is as high as 760,000 people. According to the New York Times, thousands of these people came directly from Wuhan. And the bulk of these passengers from China, who are of multiple nationalities, arrived in January. They arrived at airports in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, Seattle, Newark, and Detroit. Thousands of them flew directly from Wuhan, the center of the coronavirus outbreak as American public health officials were only beginning to access the risks 
to the United States. And now where are the hotspots for the coronavirus outbreak? New York and Detroit are amongst the hotspots. We don't know where this is going to go, but we know where what should have been done and wasn't done. And we also know that we're all being punished because of the stupidity and cowardice of the liberal governors. No, they're not doing the right thing by shutting down entire states. I'm going to make an appeal again to these governors. Selective quarantine is the only solution, or you will destroy the entire states that you are supposedly managing. You may think that you're on the road to the White House because of your newfound powers, but you may may be on the road instead to the outhouse if you keep people locked up. Let me say that again. The governors of these gigantic liberal states, you may think you're on the road to the White House with your newfound powers, but if you don't start using selective quarantine, you may be on the road to the outhouse. This is the Savage Nation. If you missed any of this remarkable program, you can catch it on the podcast, which will be posted within one hour of the end of this broadcast. Thank you for listening, and thank God for giving me this opportunity. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 